Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to a special Papa's Perspective edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. Get Bob's Discount at the official furniture store and mattress partner of the New York Giants shop-in store or at mybobs.com. So the Giants play the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So we were thinking about going back in time. How about December the 11th, 2011, when the Giants went down to Jerry Jones World and beat the Cowboys in a pivotal December game? And Eli Manning was the quarterback of the Giants that night. And uh, Eli, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Yeah, sure thing, Bob. Happy to be on. Yeah, well, um, let's talk about that because you guys are in must-win situation. You're going down to Dallas. Um, You know, you're chasing them as far as the standings are concerned. And here you are. You find yourselves down 34-22 to with five minutes and 41 seconds to go. First, talk about sort of the attitude that, you and your teammates had, despite the score being in Dallas's favor after T.O.'s uh, 50-yard touchdown uh, in that situation, uh, or excuse me, Des Bryant, the later version of T.O., yeah. his 50-yard <laughs> touchdown. What was it like on the sideline uh, facing this deficit in so little time? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not the ideal situation. You don't want to be down a couple scores in the fourth quarter, but we also knew that we had been a pretty good fourth quarter team uh we had scored a lot of points um we'd always you know always been pretty good at two minute situations uh at the end of the game and and so we just kind of knew with five minutes left you know we're we're in a two minute situation right here we need two scores we, we got to score quickly we got to be a little bit more aggressive here and, and try to get uh get a you know get a touchdown and you know could not settle for field goals um you know the, the quicker we score you know, you, you might have to start thinking about a hey, onside kick, not onside. We don't want to have to get to that situation. So, um, you know, let's just let's go in the two minute drill, uh, two minute drill drive uh, situation and, and see if we can get something going. Eli, obviously, at this point, you're having an MVP level season. You're already a Super Bowl MVP. You've got one under your belt and you'd been with Coach Gilbride for so long. Did you have at this point in time, did you have some autonomy on on how this was run as far as being able to call plays or audible out of things or making snap decisions where he's just like, all right, just go ahead with it, Eli? You know, I think I kind of knew in our in two minute, um, you know, what plays were going to be, you know, be called. And I always thought for your two minute drive, I mean, those those should be your base plays. Those should be the plays that, you know, uh, day one or day two of 
of OTAs and training camp, you know, these are the plays being installed where you can line up quickly. Everybody knows what they're doing, not just me, but the receivers. They can play fast. They can see things. They don't know their routes. And so, um, you know, when when you get the, you know, certain looks, it's also plays in two minute. You're not always trying to call the perfect play. You want plays that are good versus a lot of different coverages, a lot of different looks that you might be from the defense. So you always have completions. You know, you're not necessarily trying to take shots. Um, you don't want to take sacks. You don't need negative plays, but you got completions. You're getting the ball forward. And, you know, you know, not every play has to get out of bounds. Not every play needs to be a first down. But you you got you to gotta get something going so you can get on the line quickly and, and call another play. So at second and 10, you hit Victor Cruz for 11. Then on a first down play, you get Knicks for nine. So – um, you're kind of you're getting some you're getting some plays now. Bradshaw has a run, um, doesn't really do anything on the run. Um, so, but now you're in a situation, Eli, where you're facing a third and one. Um, there's four thirteen to go in the game, and this is the the deep out that you threw to Victor Cruz for twenty three yards. Because of the score, you can take a shot, right? Because it's two down territory for you. Is that the thinking and the mindset there? Yeah, I think so. And I think, uh, you know, I, you know, that play kind of had de- several different reads that you could go to really depended on what they were going to call. And so we really thought they might, you know, um, you know, be a, a little bit more aggressive, say, hey, we're going to stop them on the run. They kind of played a little bit more conservative, but it, it what it did, it, it kind of took away some of the short stuff, short stuff and, and gave us an opportunity to, to hit the shot and, and hit a little bigger play right there. And so, you know, I think in, in two minute drives, um, you love the chunk plays. Like that's kind of what what you need. You you need that explosive play. You can't force it, but when they're there, and even on a third, yeah, you know, third and one, you know, right there, you're saying, hey, you know, a, a time and yardage is is the essence. So if we got a chance to hit a 20, 25 yard gain, you got to take that. And, you know, we'll take our chances on the fourth down play if we don't hit it. But right there, um, you know, saw had a good matchup. Victor ran a great route and got a chunk. And now all of a sudden, you know, we got things going and and uh, and getting closer to scoring. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, it's really Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. DeMarcus Ware does you a favor by jumping offside. So it's first and five at the 32, 333 to go in the game. And uh, now at this point, you're feeling like, hey, you know, we got to get the ball in the end zone because we have to get the ball back. Um, You hit Knicks on a big 24-yarder down to the eight-yard line down the right side. 
Yeah, just uh, you know, brought a little pressure there off the left side. Kind of had to had to roll a little bit, and you know, really just kind of a uh, a good read by by Keem. And and we we had a uh, situation where you know, if it versus off coverage zone, soft like a, kind of a soft corner, he's going to run a little twelve yard curl route. But if you got any type of two man cover two zone, he's going to run a corner route, and you know, so it's just kind of a uh, a lot of that offense was, you know, reads by the, de- you know, by the receivers could adjust their routes based off the coverage and the look. So, you know, right there, um, you know, got, had the two two safeties deep kind of, uh, and had an opportunity to, you know, kind of sprint to the right. He had a great corner route and, and hit him for, for a chunk and, and get into the tight red zone right there. So a good read by him, good route. And, you know, again, getting, getting another chunk play, which is, uh, which is huge in that situation. Whether it was, uh, you know, Super Bowl 42, where, you know, you had the big play to Kevin Boss to start the third quarter. Um, You know, Kevin, unfortunately, you know, uh, had gotten injured and, you know, wasn't able to kind of build upon that year. But then you get Jake Ballard um, and you developed a nice rapport with him. I mean, earlier in the season, you know, you had the big big touchdown pass to him in New England. He kind of was like your go to guy in the red zone area. And you're able to hit him on this eight-yard touchdown. Talk about Jake and why he was such a good fit and that play where, you know, you've had confidence in him to go to him. Yeah, I mean, Jake, he's a guy, um, yeah, just really really came came about that year. And he just had a good feel uh, for finding areas in the zone. He was a big target. He's a big, He was a big guy. You know, he's 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, you know, probably two two seventy five, two eighty. I mean, he was just a, a large guy, not the fastest guy in the world, but had a good feel. Uh, could find the zones, and again, we you know part of his in that offense was, you know, adjusting your routes, man or zone. If it's zone and it's soft, hey, get a little deeper. If it's you know, um, if it's tighter coverage, then you could you know get him running a little bit more and 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 come out of it. And so he just had a great feel and understanding for that. And because of it, uh, you knew exactly what he was going to do, and he and you could throw him right out of the breaks when he was most open. So, you know, right here, really not a not a play that was necessarily designed uh, for him to win, but um, you know, he did a good job just kind of getting man coverage and, and beating him across the the middle, and and just do a nice kind of bodied ball where he kind of boxed out the guy like a basketball rebound, and and was able to get the catch and get the touchdown, and so. Uh, to cap off really a, a, a good drive um, and didn't take up a ton of time. And so there's enough time on the clock where, hey, we don't have to go on sides. We we stay, we saved our timeouts, didn't have to call any. And and so we still got time to kick it off. And, and now all of a sudden you put a little pressure on the opposing team and see, you know, see if they can uh, get a first down. And all of a sudden they're kind of the ones trying not to lose a game all of a sudden. And, and, and that can that can affect the team. Yeah, eight plays, 80 yards. It took just 227. So now it's 34-29. And as you mentioned, Dallas has a third and five. They're kind of feeling the pressure. I remember being in the building. You could feel their fans feeling <laughs> tense. They they had the lead, but it almost felt like now they were chasing you guys. And then were you watching the Romo overthrown yeah. pass to Miles Austin, or were you busy like getting ready for when we get the ball back? No, I was I was watching it right at that at that moment. I mean, that's you know this could be the game is right here. If they get that, then then we're we're going to be in a in a serious bind. So I'm right there on the sideline, standing up, and I see him uh, kind of you know we call it a spray nine, just kind of a little seam versus press man, and he got outside and 
and really, you know, ran a great route, had a, you know, had a lot of separation, but just, uh, just outside his fingertips. And so, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we, we feel like we got the momentum now, you know, we just had an 80 yard drive where we just went right down the field right away pretty easily. And so again, this is, this is the situation you want to be in as a team, you know, uh, two, two minutes left in the game, uh, you need a you need a touchdown uh, to take the lead and and to possibly win it. So th- this is what what we were excited about. We felt we were very good at it. We had just had the drive, so we were excited to get another opportunity. Yeah, and, and to that point of them feeling the pressure at this point. I mean, McBriar hits a bad punt, goes out of bounds, thirty three yards. So outside of the two minute warning, you're starting at the forty two yard line, and then you hit Ballard on a twenty one yarder. Like right out of the gate. I mean, at this point in time, did you have any doubt as a team, or was the confidence level so high? Like we're we're going down and scoring here. I think that's always the mindset is you're is you're going to go down and score, and you're going to figure out a way to to do it. And you don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know, um, you know, if it's going to be all first and second downs, or you're going to have some fourth down conversions, or or what, 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 which way it's going to happen. But I, th- I think we just felt good in those situations. And we had, we had been tried and tested. We, you know, a bunch of these guys had been on, on some Super Bowl teams and been that whole year. A lot of our wins were fourth quarter comeback wins. And so we just felt good in, in those environments and that situation. We practiced the two minute drills so much every week. We did it every Thursday against, uh, against our defense, really the only time we would go live against our starting defense was in a two-minute drill. And so, um, you know, guys felt comfortable in the plays, again, calling our base stuff, things they knew very well, and and guys responded to those situations and, and seemed to raise their level of play uh, in those moments. Yeah, and I, I talked about the anxiety level, right? So Jake Ballard has the 21-yard catch, takes you to the two-minute warning, and for the second time in as many series, DeMarcus Ware jumps offside because he's feeling the pressure. Like, I got to go make a play. I got to go make a play. And what it's doing is it's making it easier on you. First and five is a lot better than first and 10. You hit Victor for eight yards. Then your former teammate, Frank Walker, commits a penalty against Akeem Nix. So you got a first and 10 at the 19. And once again, you know, Jake Ballard kind of sets you up here um, on that first and 10. You hit him for 18 yards. So, I mean, on this drive, Jake's got two catches for 39 yards. Do you think they were so preoccupied with the fact that you had Knicks who was a, had a dominant game? You have Victor and you got Mario Manningham, the X Factor, that they can only cover so many guys. Yeah, a little bit, and, and I think what you know what was was happening is we had hit a couple um, kind of shots in the zones on the sidelines. We hit Victor on one. We hit Akeem on a couple corner routes, and so. Um, they said, Hey, we got, you know, they're, they're getting these chunk plays and they're hitting their, their outside receivers, uh, over there. We got to kind of take away the sideline a little bit. And so what it did, it just, it opened up, uh, Jake in, in the middle. And so, you know, that, that's, that's when you, that's when your offense is clicking is when, um, you know, the, the that you, you don't, you know, just cause the defense takes away one person, it doesn't affect your offense it doesn't slow you down you have total confidence to go to where the defense is weak and where they are vulnerable that's where you attack and so uh that was a great thing about that style of offense um that the the you know the concepts were good they were good for so many different coverages and the players you had could win those individual matchups and so you were just going 
um, you know, going with the read. Hey, on this on this coverage, on this play, you know, Jake's going to be my number one read. He's winning those matchups. It makes life a lot easier for the quarterback when you're going to your first or second progression. Also, when you're getting the third and fourth progression a bunch, you know, you're not really calling the right plays is, is really the problem. So we were getting to our first progression so many times, and, and those guys were winning. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky, they're saying, Cal's a bust, he can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my day. <laughs> Brandon Jacobs knocks it in. Six plays, 58 yards. And then you hit the two-point conversion with DJ Ware. Eli, I'm going to... Let me ask you this. In your career with the Giants, would you say that you guys might have perfected the art of the two-point conversion draw running play? <laughs> we, we did it a bunch. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my first my first two-minute uh, drill of, of my career, uh, first win of my career at, at home versus the Cowboys, we hit a, a draw to Tiki Barber uh to 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 win the game and then uh you know another time right here and, and and bob the reason it worked is we would call two plays in the huddle and we would have a you know a pass play or maybe a sprint out and, and a lot of teams on a two minute on a two a two point play they're going to go all out blitz or they're going to play some zone and so if they went all out blitz we kind of had a play that would be good versus that if they played soft zone and and had six in the box we you know we would kind of fake like we're passing and, and hit the draw and so um we ran it versus good looks versus you know a, a look where everybody had a hat on hat and we could get it in there and so um you know great job uh up front blocking it and having trust that hey i mean it's a little gutsy from the two yard line calling a run play uh to get in there but we said hey if they're gonna play soft and give it to us we, we you know we're a good running team we got to go get that all right so uh miles austin and romo combined for 45 yards on two pass plays. They go right down the field. So Bailey's out to try a field goal now to tie the game. Uh, everybody's watching. JPP was a monster that year, you know, just even the year before, just his, his physical dominance. Um, where were you watching the block from? I was just sitting, I was just kind of sitting on the, on the, uh, on the bench, just kind of looking at it and just like, golly, they, I mean, you, you know, this thing's going in overtime. We got the momentum. They hit a couple plays right there. So you just, you know, kind of, you hope he misses it, but you just kind of start, you know, planning for, Hey, what are we going to do in overtime and just assume it and, uh, just kind of head, head down and just, you know, usually on those, you can kind of tell by the crowd, whether what's happening, you don't have to sit there and watch it. So just kind of, um, you know, they'll listen to the crowd, whether it's going to go in or, or not. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear kind of the silence and, and all of a sudden our, our, our bench jumping up and down. And so, 
uh, immediately just, you know, jump, jump up, start running around. And, and it was just such a, you know, such an awesome, awesome game. We needed it to stay, you know, kind of in the playoff hunt and all of a sudden catch up with Dallas who had a lead on us in the division and, uh, you know, down and out fourth quarter, not looking good. So to fire back and, and take over the lead, get those two point play, get a block field goal by JPP to win the game. I mean, it's just such a huge momentum swing and, and such a huge win uh, for our season. I was like, we don't win that game. You know, we probably are, probably aren't going to the playoffs and, and winning a championship. So it just played such a huge part in that season. Eli, final question. Uh, the Giants are playing in Dallas um, on Thanksgiving uh, where they've played once before 1992. They went up uh, getting beaten badly there. You've played on two uh, Thanksgiving games. Um could you just talk about and explain what the Giants are facing this week as far as preparation is concerned and how hard it is to prepare on a short week for a Thursday game? And then with it being on Thanksgiving, it's uh, it's got a lot more oomph to it than sure. just playing on Thursday night. Well, it's obviously a great tradition. And, and you know, play, playing on Thanksgiving uh, in Dallas uh, is, is just, uh, you know, you kind of have such great memories of watching those games with, or at least I do with my family and being home and, and uh, having eaten a, a big meal and kind of sitting there and watching the game, maybe dozing off a little bit, a little nap there in kind of the late first quarter, second quarter, and kind of, you know, watching the end of the game. Um, and so, you know, I think it does help that it's, it's a division uh, team you you've played them a bunch you've already played them this season so you know a little bit of the scheme what you want to do you know the players and who guys are so that helps with the preparation when you're playing a team you haven't played before or they're an AFC team we went out to Denver uh years ago and played Thanksgiving night on a team you're not familiar with it's it's hard to prepare uh for that way but I, I think that helps the situation on a short week uh on the road traveling when you when you at least have have had some um, familiarity with, with the team. And so th they'll be ready. It's obviously a big game in the division. I mean, these, these are important. These, these games now late, you know, later in the season, um, you know, everybody kind of playing for playoff spots. So it's obviously a big game and, and I expect, you know, both teams to come out fired up and, and should be a great one. Eli, um, on behalf of all of us, I want to wish you and your family a happy Thanksgiving and we appreciate you taking a couple minutes to join us. Oh, sure thing, Bob. A lot of fun, and I uh, want to wish everybody else a happy Thanksgiving as well. Hey, thanks for joining us for this special Papa's Perspective edition of the Giant Total Podcast presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. Bob's is back at it with major style and savings on furniture, mattresses, decor, and more for your home shop in store or online at mybobs.com. Bob's Discount Furniture, the official furniture store and mattress partner of the New York Giants. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.
Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.